This is Brian Oakes, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear reports from Commodity Classic from Don Wick and Whitney Pittman. Well, the past two years have been the best two years for farm income in the history of the U.S. Despite those records, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack told the Commodity Classic audience today that nearly 50% of farmers lost money. Another nearly 40% of these farmers made the majority of their income from off-farm. So nearly 90% of those who work hard every single day to produce this incredible bounty either didn't make money or didn't make the majority of the money that they made from farming during record income levels. Which meant that the top 10%, the folks who sell more than a million dollars of product every year, did very well. And about 40% of those folks are actually investment bankers, folks who own land. Historically, the government has looked at ways to reduce farm input costs and increase trade. Vilsack said USDA needs to do more. And so I'm here today to suggest that the way to do this is to focus as well on additional income streams or market opportunities for producers. Taking that same farmstead and instead of just relying on commodity sales or livestock sales or government payments, creating three, four, five different profit centers on that same farm so that if commodity prices are not good, if there's drought or whatever it might be, there are other things that are providing income that aren't necessarily directly connected to that commodity. The added value of climate smart commodities was cited as an example. USDA received over 1,000 applications for the $1 billion Climate Smart Commodities Program. total of 141 projects were funded, impacting over 60,000 farmers and nearly 25 million acres. Two of those agreements were signed at Commodity Classic. Yield Award winners are being recognized at Commodity Classic. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Don Wick has an update with a Minnesota winner. East Grand Forks farmer Matthew Kruger received second place in the Dryland Spring Wheat Division of the National Wheat Yield Contest. It was a field we planted with Westbred 9590, uh, seeded May 20th, which is, you know, late and it's surprising, but it still ran uh, 113 bushels an acre, which is just remarkable given the year we had with 2022 planting delays. So why do you think you saw the success you had? I really think it was, it was one of the earliest fields we got in. It caught one of the earlier rains that was like shortly after we seeded it, plenty of moisture, um, I think everything's a little bit cooler. Obviously, the later we plant our wheat, we saw the yield drop quite a bit. But generally, right away, um, yields, those first three, four fields we got in right away were really strong yields. It, it gets you charged up, I'm guessing, for uh, getting into the field this next year. Yeah, no, it definitely does. I mean, I, uh, someone else has asked me how we're looking for this area. I said, really, though, we're dry. I mean, we need, we need rain pretty bad. So I'd be okay with maybe a, a slightly delayed spring if that involves precipitation of some sort. Uh, there's not much frost out there. We uh, we did some digging the other day for a little septic issue, and the frost is only a few inches down. Um, so, I mean, I think what's out there would hopefully soak in, and we get some more rains. It won't just run off. It'll actually go down into the soil profile, hopefully. So, yeah. But, no, we're excited about next year. Uh, see if we can push that even a little bit further. How's your crop mix uh, look going into this season? Uh, pretty much generally the same. Going to be heavier on corn. I think a lot of guys that have corn are going to be leaning more towards corn just due to commodity prices. Wheat's going to be a little lighter because, well, 
wheat's a lot lower price compared to a year ago. So uh, still looking at putting some sunflowers in, just see some good opportunity there as well. And then same with some soybeans. So. Kruger was recognized here at Commodity Classic. Our coverage made possible by the Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council. From Orlando and Commodity Classic, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. AgMarket.net hedge specialist Jacob Burke says demand remains the focus for the grain trade. You know, we've adjusted the demand down as, as we went through the January and February report. We've, we've touched every single demand part. We've demanded crush in the soybeans. We've, done, we've taken away feed and residual in the, in the corn market. We've taken away exports was the, the, the February deduction. And now we took, excuse me, uh, ethanol was the February de- deduction. And in the March report, uh, they took 75 million bushels away from the exports uh, in the corn market, which was a very, uh, uh, I felt a little bit aggressive right now with the USDA because we, you know, we're halfway through our marketing season. Uh, you know, the dynamics have changed a little bit in this export market, and, and you know, we can we can still have time to catch up on that. Uh, but you know, I felt like that was pretty good, and that's USDA telling us, hey, we have destructed some of this demand. And South American logistics also a bit of a focus. What little on-farm stores there is in South America in Brazil fill up pretty quick and that's kind of been the questions I've had is how they, they, they in two years they have significantly increased their production another how does their logistics system take you know handle this how do they get that exported how do they get that to the markets how do they get that supports and so I think that's going to be a big question still in USDA's weekly grain transportation report, Class 1 railroads originated 20,500 grain carloads during the week ending February uh, 25th. That's down uh, 6% from the previous week, 8% less than last year. The average March shuttle secondary rail car bids offers per car were at uh, uh, $220 below tariff. That's $57 less than the previous week, $770 less than last year. The cost to ship a metric ton of grain from the Gulf Coast to Japan, up 8% from last week at $52.50 a ton. The rate from the Pacific Northwest to Japan was up 9% from last week at $29 per metric ton. Farmers from nine states impacted by crop disasters last year are eligible for cost share funding for emergency grain storage. Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota are authorized to receive this assistance. The Farm Service Agency will accept applications through uh, the end of the year, December 29th. USDA's weekly export sales report for the week ending March 2nd showed combined old and new crop corn sales at uh, 1.5 million metric tons. That's 155% more than the previous week, 63% more than the four-week average. Combined soybean sales at 149,000 tons included net old crop cancellations of 23,000 metric tons. That's well below the previous week and the four-week average. Wheat sales at 337,000 metric tons are 12% more than the previous week, 22% more than the four-week average. This is the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Commodity Classic continues in Orlando. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has this report. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Center for Commercial Agriculture Director Dr. Jim Mintert says the Purdue University and CME Group's Ag Barometer decreased this month after a few months of steady increase. So the barometer did decline this month. I think the reading was about 125. That's down five points compared to last month. It's really unchanged from a year ago, but if you compare it to two years ago, sentiment is still significantly weaker than two years ago. Two years ago, the barometer index was at 165. So 
We're 40 points below that. The, the decline this month was really pretty small. It was driven by a small decline in both the uh, index of current conditions and the index of future expectations. But, you know, probably the, the most interesting thing, I think, with respect to the decline was uh, producers seem to be becoming less confident about future growth in ag exports. Mintert says there has been a drastic decline in the number of farmers who feel exports will grow in the next five years. That's significant because, you know, historically one of the big engines of growth for the U.S. ag sector has been exports. And if you look at what's taken place in our survey, we started asking a question back in 2019 with respect to what producers expect to see happen with respect to growth in ag exports over the next five years. And producers are becoming less confident. When we first started asking this question, we were getting about 70 or more percent of the people in the survey said they thought exports would grow over the next five years. This month, that was down all the way to 33 percent. And it wasn't a one-month drop. It was, it's been a trend, but it was accentuated this month. Reporting agriculture's business from Orlando, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Elbow Lake, Minnesota farmer Scott Swenson has wrapped up six years on the National Wheat Foundation board. The National Wheat Yield Contest was in its infancy when Swenson joined the foundation board. This uh, complete uh, uh, competition evolved from strictly a yield contest to include quality characteristics. Evaluate them for all the different quality parameters we see as farmers and also ones that uh, the millers and bakers are interested in, like water absorption and uh, dose strength and those sort of things, just for the information of it. And we're finding out that just because you're high yield doesn't mean you're going to have low quality. And a lot of times it means the quality will be very high. But we didn't want to be promoting, I would call it junk wheat, by having a yield contest. Switch to uh, from select livestock antimicrobials uh, from over-the-counter prescriptions will take place in June. Animal Industry Board, South Dakota State Veterinarian uh, Dr. Beth Thompson says this category includes medicines like penicillin. Those are the antibiotics that a lot of our farmers and ranchers have gone into places like Runnings or other farm stores and purchased over-the-counter. Throughout the last 10 or so years on a nationwide basis, uh, folks have been looking at whether or not those antibiotics that are important for human health really should be monitored more on the animal health side, and that's where the federal government has come down on. So rather than going into some of those farm stores, farmers and ranchers are going to have to have a relationship with a veterinarian. Thompson says this is to have a better trail of where antibiotics are being used. Livestock producers should also start establishing a relationship with their veterinarian now. So if for folks that don't have veterinarians uh, on an ongoing basis out there, um, seeing their flocks and herds, uh, it's a good time now to start talking with the local veterinarians about having that oversight and building that relationship and having that professional involved. January U.S. potato and potato product export totaled 6.3 million hundredweight. That, according to the North American Potato Market News, that is 34% more than last year and the third largest on record. D-high potatoes saw the biggest jump, up 75% year over year. Uh, chip potatoes were, ex uh, were exports were up 45%. Fresh potatoes up 13% over last year.
Minnesota Governor Tim Walz announcing the state's exports reached a record high of $27 billion in 2022. That's a 16% increase from 2021. North American markets drove Minnesota's export growth to nearly $12 billion. Minnesota conducted $70 billion in total trade in goods with 215 countries last year, nearly $43 billion in imports. Walls stated over 200 countries look to the state's workforce to put food on the table. And this is another data point that demonstrates Minnesota's diversity of economy, strength of workforce and influence in the global economy. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture. Let's catch up with Ag Week reporter Ann Bailey. And what do you have for us on the cover of Ag Week? This week I wrote about ag education and the lack of teachers in North Dakota, Minnesota, and South Dakota, really across the United States, and how important agricultural education is not only to give kids a glimpse of the agricultural industry and the opportunities there, but also because they need to know how food and fi about food and fiber and how it's produced, and they learn that in their ag education classes. I highlighted Gary Wald, a teacher from Maddox, North Dakota, who's taught ag education for almost 40 years, who's retiring at age 75 this spring. He's kind of been holding out, hoping for to find a replacement, which so far they haven't found. But interestingly, most of the openings in North Dakota, Minnesota, and South Dakota, which number in the hundreds probably total, are not from retirements, but it's because ag education is so popular that they are adding and expanding programs. Oh, new positions. That's interesting. Yes, I was surprised. He said his students every year when they entered seventh grade would say, can you please wait until I get through and graduate before you retire? And he kept doing that, and finally his kids said, you need to retire. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those good time stories. Well, Ann, appreciate that. Uh, sounds like it's an interesting story. Looking forward to reading about it next week's Ag Week. And let's check market numbers here uh, before we leave you this afternoon. We're seeing wheat in Minneapolis six higher. The winter wheats are 12 higher in Chicago, 18 higher in Kansas City. Corn is three to four higher. Soybeans trading four cents lower. April live cattle down 40 cents. April feeder cattle uh, down a dollar 15. April lean hogs, the bright spot here, dollar 92 higher. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. This is the Red River Farm Network.